nothing in particular You shut your mouth, how can you say I go about things the wrong way lovely listeners this is the final episode of season one of twilight's herbal power hour i'm your ever witchy host twilight deluca the holidays are around the corner as is the end of the year i hope you're all as excited as i am this episode will bring eight more herbs from all around the world to your little corner of earth and now on to the show Our first herb is very important in Ayurvedic medicine and is also widely used in both Europe and the U.S. Let's give a warm welcome to Sweet Flag. Sweet Flag is believed to originate from India, but it now grows in many parts of the world. It prefers wet soil and is found in ditches beside lakes and rivers and in marshy places. Research on Sweet Flag has focused on beta acerone 
which is a constituent in sweet flags volatile oil. It has a carcinogenic action when isolated. The American variety of sweet flag, which is commonly available in Europe, doesn't contain this constituent, so only preparations from American sweet flags should be used. In India, sweet flag powder has been taken for thousands of years without reports of cancer arising from using it. This suggests the usage of the whole herb may be safe, but more research is needed. Traditional uses for sweet flag include as an aphrodisiac in both India and Egypt for at least 2,500 years. In Europe, it was valued as a stimulant, bitter herb for appetite, and as a digestive aid. In North America, the decoction was used to treat stomach cramps, fever, and colic. The rhizome was chewed for toothache and powdered rhizome was inhaled for congestion. Sweet flag is important in Ayurvedic medicine as a rejuvenator for the brain and nervous system as well as a remedy for digestive disorders. In Western herbal medicine, sweet flag is chiefly used for digestive issues like bloating, gas, colic, and poor digestive function. Sweet flag, particularly American sweet flag, is the most effective antispasmodic and relieves spasms of the intestines. It helps uncomfortable and distended stomachs and headaches associated with weak digestion. Small doses are thought to reduce stomach acidity, while larger doses increase deficient acid production, which shows how different doses of the same herb produce different effects. The part of sweet flag used is the rhizome, and the uses are decoctions, tinctures, and powders. Caution, take sweet flag only under professional supervision. Do not take for more than a month, and sweet flag is restricted in some countries. Our second herb is part of the ginger family and has a mildly spicy taste. It was introduced to Europe in the 9th century. Hildegard of Bingen, a German mystic, regarded it as the literal spice of life. This herb is called Gallengal. Gallengal is native to the grassland areas of southern China and Southeast Asia in general. It's now cultivated as a spice and modern medicine throughout much of tropical Asia. It loves well-drained soil and a shady position. Research on Galangal indicates that it has antibacterial activity, notably against Staphylococcus aureus, which is responsible for many ear, nose, and throat infections. Galangal also has shown pronounced activity against fungi in laboratory research especially against Candida albicans. In 2001, a clinical trial showed that concentrated extract of ginger and galangal was effective at relieving osteoarthritis in the knee. Traditional uses for galangal are as a warming herb in Chinese medicine, used for abdominal pain, vomiting, and hiccups, as well as diarrhea due to internal cold. It's combined with codonopsis and fuling when used to treat hiccups. In India and southwestern Asia, galangal is considered stomach, anti-inflammatory, expectorant, and as a nervine tonic. It's also used in the treatment of hiccups, dyspepsia, stomach pain, rheumatoid arthritis, and intermittent fever. Galangal was introduced to Europe over a thousand years ago by Arabian physicians. It's mainly used in the West for gas, indigestion, and vomiting, as well as stomach pain. An infusion can be used to alleviate mouth ulcers and sore gums. Galangal has also long been recommended as a treatment for seasickness due to its relative ginger being given to relieve motion sickness. Galangal, in conjunction with other antifungal herbs, 
are used to treat intestinal candiditis. At a moderate dosage, galangal is gently warming and a good gentle stimulating herb for weakened digestion, but at higher doses it can be an irritant. The part of galangal used is the rhizome or root. It's used in decoctions, infusions, tinctures, and powdered form. Our third herb also sounds like something out of Harry Potter. It was first mentioned in a text in the first century common era. It's called bupplerum. Bupplerum is native to China but is cultivated throughout the central and eastern parts of China. It can also be found in other parts of Asia and in Europe. It requires well-drained soil and plenty of sun. Research on bupplerum in Japan during the 1960s onward has revealed that the psychocides are a potent medicine. They appear to protect the liver from toxicity and strengthen liver function even in people with immune system disorders. In the 1980s, following this discovery, Japan conducted clinical trials that showed the root was effective in the treatment of hepatitis and other chronic liver problems. Psychocides also have anti-tumor activity. The psychocytes stimulate the body's production of corticosteroids as well as increasing their anti-inflammatory effect. Traditional uses for bupplerum include over 2,000 years as a liver tonic in China due to its traditional belief that it strengthens liver key and has a tonic action on the spleen and stomach. In Chinese medicine, bupplerum is used to treat disharmony between the liver and spleen, a problem that manifests itself as digestive issues like abdominal pain, bloating, nausea, and indigestion. In common with milk thistle and members of the Glyceriza family like licorice, for example, bupplerum is an excellent remedy for a poorly functioning liver. Its anti-inflammatory action may contribute to overall liver disease treatment. In China, bupplerum is taken for fevers, flu, and colds, especially when accompanied by a bitter taste in the mouth, irritability, and either vomiting and abdominal pain or dizziness and vertigo. Traditional use and scientific research on bupplerum accords so well that many Japanese doctors practicing conventional Western medicine now use extract of bupplerum root to treat patients with liver problems. Some other uses for bupplerum are as a sometimes useful treatment for hemorrhoids and of prolapsed tissue of the body, such as a prolapse of the uterus. The part of bupplerum used is the root. Some key preparations are decoctions and remedies. Caution, do not exceed the dose. Bupplerum can occasionally cause nausea or vomiting. Our fourth herb has an aromatic, slightly bitter taste like apples and is also used in tea. If you've already guessed, it's German chamomile. German chamomile is native to Europe but grows in other temperate regions. Research on German chamomile shows that a cream made from German chamomile was tested in 1987 for its ability to heal wounds. The results were very positive. In 1993, another clinical trial with German chamomile and four other herbs showed them to be most effective at easing infantile colic. A clinical trial in Iran compared chamomile with mephanamic acid for PMS relief. Both were found to be effective in relieving the physical symptoms of PMS, but chamomile proved better at relieving emotional symptoms. 
One traditional use of German chamomile is as a remedy for digestive problems since at least the first century common era. Gentle and efficacious, it's very suitable for children. This herb is valuable for pain, indigestion, acidity, gas, gastritis, bloating, and colic, as well as hiatal hernias, peptic ulcer, Crohn's disease, and irritable bowel syndrome. German chamomile contains spiroether, which is a strong antispasmodic that eases tense muscles and period pain. Women in ancient Rome used chamomile to relieve menstrual cramps. Chamomile flowers also reduce irritability and promote sleep, especially helpful for children. Chamomile is useful for hay fever and asthma. On steam distillation, the proazolines produce chabazoline, which is markedly anti-allergenic. Externally, it can be applied to sore, itchy skin, sore nipples, and eczema. It also relieves eye strain, and a poultice can be applied to sore breasts. The part of chamomile used is the flower heads, and the key preparations are essential oil, cream, infusion, ointment, and tincture. Caution, the fresh plant can cause dermatitis. Do not take the essential oil internally except under professional supervision. Take only on professional advice if taking blood thinning medication. Do not use the essential oil externally while pregnant. Our fifth herb is used in Indian medicine rather than Ayurvedic medicine. It became famous in the West during the 1970s when Forskolin was first isolated. Its name is Coleus. Coleus is native to India and grows on the dry slopes of the Indian plains and the foothills of the Himalayas. It's also grown in subtropical or warm temperate areas like Nepal, Sri Lanka, Myanmar or Burma, and parts of eastern Africa. It flourishes in well-drained soil and sun or partial shade. Research on coleus has focused on the active constituent for scolin, and the constituent was first isolated in the 1970s. It's important therapeutically for lowering blood pressure, relaxing smooth muscle, increasing the release of thyroid hormones, stimulating digestion secretions, and reducing eye pressure. Research on coleus has focused on forscolin in isolation, but the whole herb hasn't been researched. One traditional use for coleus is as a relief treatment for gas, bloating, and abdominal discomfort. Another use is as an important heart and circulatory tonic. Coleus is used to treat congestive heart failure and coronary blood flow issues. It is also used to treat poor circulation of blood to the brain. A third use is as a topical treatment for glaucoma. A fourth use is as a treatment for respiratory complaints like asthma and bronchitis due to its antispasmodic activity. The final use is as a weight loss aid in people with poor thyroid function due to its ability to stimulate cellular metabolism. The parts of coleus used are the leaves and root. It's used in decoctions and infusions. Caution, do not take for circulatory problems or glaucoma without professional advice. Our sixth herb is used in cooking and tea blends as well as in perfumes in ancient Egypt. It's one of the oldest spices in the world. It's called cardamom. 
Cardamom is native to southern India and Sri Lanka, where it grows profusely in forests at 2,600 to 4,900 feet above sea level. Cardamom is cultivated widely in India, southern Asia, Indonesia, and Guatemala. It requires a shady area and rich, moist, but well-drained soil to grow. Research on cardamom in a 2009 Indian clinical trial showed that it successfully lowered blood pressure in 20 adults in a three-month period. The adults that participated in the trial had a feeling of well-being without any side effects. Cardamom has a long-established antispasmodic action. A traditional use for cardamom is as both a spice and medicine in Greece since the 4th century common era. Another use is as a reliever of digestive problems like indigestion, gas, cramping, and irritable bowel syndrome. Due to cardamom's pleasant taste, it's often added to digestive remedies to improve the flavor and make it more palatable. A third use is as a treatment for asthma, bronchitis, kidney stones, anorexia, debility, and weakened vata in India. In China, cardamom is used to treat urinary incontinence and taken as a tonic. Cardamom and garlic mixed together is an effective treatment for bad breath. In the Arabian countries, cardamom is blended with coffee as an aphrodisiac due to the androgenic compounds as well as a tonic. The part of cardamom used is the seeds. They're used in infusions, tinctures, crushed, and as an essential oil. Caution, do not use the essential oil internally. Our seventh herb was a very favored stewing herb in medieval times, and in 1860, salicylic acid isolated from it was used to create aspirin. It's also mentioned in an episode of Supernatural as a symbol of two pagan gods. It's called meadowsweet. Meadowsweet is native to Europe and grows best in damp places, preferring ditches and stream banks as well as river banks. Research into meadowsweet shows that the salicylates, which are aspirin-type substances, reduce inflammation and relieve pain without the blood-thinning properties of aspirin. Unlike aspirin, which causes gastric ulceration at high doses, the combination of salicylates, tannins, and other constituents act to protect the lining of the stomach and intestines while still providing anti-inflammatory benefits of the salicylates. One traditional use for meadowsweet is as a remedy for acid indigestion and gastroesophageal reflux and can quickly help improve troubled digestion. Meadowsweet is also anti-inflammatory. Another use is as a remedy for arthritic and rheumatic problems like osteoarthritis, gout, lumbago, and sciatica. It's mildly diuretic and is thought to help kidneys to clear acid residues from the body, which helps relieve joint inflammation which is also associated with acidity. Meadowsweet is a safe remedy for diarrhea, even for children, and is used with other herbs for irritable bowel syndrome. Meadowsweet is traditionally taken, much like aspirin, to ease the pain and discomfort of headaches, colds, flu, and toothaches. The parts of meadowsweet used is the flowering tops and leaves. The key uses for them are as a tincture, tablets, infusions, decoctions, and powdered form. Our final herb, number eight, is an essential herb in Agnostura bitters and helps prepare the stomach for a heavy meal. Make some room for gentian. 
gentian is native to the Alps and other mountainous regions of Central and Southern Europe, like Spain and the Balkans. It flourishes at altitudes of 2,300 to 7,500 feet. It needs loamy soil and a sheltered site to grow. Research on gentian has shown that while it isn't present in large quantities like gentiopicrocides, Amaro gentians are 3,000 times more bitter and tasted at 1 in 50,000, it is the most bitter substance on the planet. Some traditional uses for gentian are as a stimulant for the digestive juices and saliva, which stimulates the appetite and improves digestion as a whole. It also treats symptoms of weak digestion like gas, indigestion, and poor appetite. Stomach secretions are improved, which in turn helps with nutrient absorption. Gentian also stimulates the gallbladder and liver, encouraging them to function more efficiently. It also helps with the absorption of iron and B12, which is useful in iron deficiency anemia, usually resulting from, from blood loss. It's also usually added to prescriptions for women with heavy menstrual bleeding. The part of gentian used is the root. It's usually prepared as a tincture or decoction. Caution, do not take if suffering from acid indigestion or peptic ulcer. Thank you for sitting through a digestion-fueled season finale. Happy holidays and see you for season two. Like trying to see the light with eyes that can't be opened. Yeah, we both carry baggage we picked up on our way. So if you love me, do it gently, and I will do the same. We may shine, we may shatter. Maybe picking up the pieces here on after We are fragile We are human We are shaped by the light we let through us We break Cause we are
mistake We might burn like gasoline and fire Is a chance we'll have to take We may shine We may shine We may be picking up the pieces here on We are